Hello, Legends. Before we get into the episode, I just want to quickly tell you about a brand new show that I have just released. It's called Crime at Bedtime. And as the name suggests, it's been designed with those in mind who like to go to sleep at night listening to a fascinating true crime story. We'll release a brand new episode every single Monday, but right now there is a stack of episodes for you to binge straight away. So go check it out. It's called Crime at Bedtime. It's available wherever you get your podcasts from. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, and welcome back to One Minute Remaining. My name is Jack Lawrence, the host and creator of this show. Today is a, a fascinating bonus episode with a gentleman by the name of Dr. Thomas Young. Now, Dr. Young is a medical examiner and forensic pathologist with over 30 years' experience. He was also the Jackson County Medical Examiner for over a decade, serving as the Chief Death Investigator for Metropolitan Kansas City. If you listened to the most recent episode regarding the case of Saul Contreras, you would have heard Dr. Young give his opinion on the findings of the medical examiner in that case. So when I first sent Dr. Young the medical examiner's report from the Saul Contreras case, he messaged me back very quickly uh, and said, call me, let's talk. Now, I was only expecting us to have a short conversation regarding Saul's case and the findings of that report. However, we ended up chatting for over half an hour and the chat was so fascinating that I wanted to bring you the full thing in its entirety. So just as a heads up, during this chat, you will hear him refer back to this case or this child in this situation. Uh, and of course, he's referring to this Saul Contreras situation. Dr. Young is also the author of a brilliant book, which is available for you right now, and uh, a link to which is in the description of this episode. It's called The Sherlock Effect. Madam, I need you to remain calm. And trust me, I'm a professional. But beneath this pillow lies the key to my release. A book about how the world of fiction is actually affecting reality inside our courtrooms around the world. What I find fascinating is obviously people um, who watch these TV shows obviously see, as you said, you know, the way these people seem to just be able to work out what's happened instantly with all these gadgets and stuff. And but what I didn't realise was that actually that transfers into the courtroom as well, which is incredible. Yeah, well, the problem is not the gadgets. Yeah. Okay, you're, you're thinking of the CSI effect. Okay, prosecutors like to blame programs like CSI when they don't 
get convictions because they are they think that jurors are expecting uh, the uh, technological whiz bang type stuff that they see on their favorite TV show, and when they don't see it, you know, in in a courtroom, then they uh, they acquit people. They're overlooking the real problem, and the real problem is not the CSI effect. The real problem is the Sherlock effect. Okay, Sherlock. The Sherlock effect means that everybody is so taken with detective fiction that they reason like people who write detective fiction. Okay, they reason like Arthur Conan Doyle or Agatha Christie or all these people who write detective fiction, not realizing that what they do doesn't work in real life. Okay, the problem here with the CSI effect is it's fiction and they completely miss the point. Now, in the Sherlock effect, I talk about Sherlock Holmes, all right? Probably the most famous fictional detective of all time. Absolutely. All right. Sherlock Holmes, at the very end of the very first Sherlock Holmes novel called A Study in Scarlet, the, uh, the character is talking to his sidekick, Dr. Watson. And he says as follows to Dr. Watson. He says, most people if you give them an account of events that happened, they can reason from those events and even predict what the outcome is going to be. He says, I call that reasoning forward. He said, most people reason forward, but there are a few people like Sherlock Holmes who reason backwards. And that is, is that rather than listening to the accounts of people who saw what happened or uh, hearing a story and seeing how the outcome of the story would end up, what he does is he focuses on the outcome. Yeah. He focuses on the physical evidence. And then using his intuition uh, conjures up the past events that led to the physical evidence. He reasons backwards. Okay. Mm. Forwards would be from witness accounts to the evidence. And backwards would be from evidence to what happened. I see this a lot with men and women I speak to, and I, I don't know whether this, whether I'm on the right for, or what you're talking about, but there's a lot of situations where it seems that detectives or people investigating crimes will fit evidence around somebody as opposed to, as you say, taking witness accounts and, and all the lead up to, to taking them to the evidence. You got the right idea. They're taking the evidence and they're trying to conjure up a narrative. They're, as As Sherlock Holmes says, He's using his intuition, all right, which should already raise a red flag here. Okay, you know what evidence is, right? Yeah, of course. Evidence is something that you can see with your eyeball. Yeah, physical stuff. That you can observe. Yeah. Uh, a belief, as opposed to a fact, is something that you can't observe. It's something that exists only between your ears. Would that be something, it would that be around your head. Uh, like circumstantial evidence? Because there's a lot of cases that, that sit around circumstantial evidence. No, this is not circumstantial evidence, okay? Circumstantial evidence is the type of evidence where the event in question is not directly witnessed. However, everything up to that point and after that point is witnessed, okay? It's, it's what you call a smoking gun, all right? So let's say, let's say you're outside of the... Um, a room and you're walking by and you hear bang and then you peek into the room 
and somebody is holding a gun and there's smoke coming out of the muzzle of the yeah, gun. Sure. Yeah. And there's a dead person with a gunshot wound. Okay. And there's no other explanation for it other than you know what. But notice that that everything up to that point and after that point is witnessed. See, there's a, a statement that I've that I uh, wrote down in the year 2009. I call it the inferential test. It goes as follows. One can be reasonably certain if witness accounts of the past are consistent or not consistent with physical evidence in the present. But one cannot reliably surmise past events from physical evidence unless there is only one plausible explanation for that evidence. Let me break it down. One can be reasonably certain. The courts in the United States, and I'm sure it's not that much different in Australia, require an expert to testify to a reasonable degree of medical certainty. Okay, certainty doesn't mean intuition. It means something you know. You are certain of it. The word certain means that you can guarantee to a jury the truthfulness of what you are saying as an expert. The courts demand that kind of guarantee, okay? So since I wasn't there to see what happened, I can only tell you if what witness accounts of the past compared to physical evidence in the present, if they are consistent, if they could have happened as described, if what has happened is possible. I can also say what is described by witnesses is not possible, is not consistent, could not have happened. So just quickly jumping in to let you know, Dr. Young is about to refer back to the report made on the Saul Contreras case. Now, as a reminder from that episode... Dr. Young did give another explanation to the injuries that were discovered during Jasmine's medical examination. He's obviously suggesting that the CPR that was performed on Jasmine when she was found not to be breathing is consistent with the injuries that were discovered during the examination. So if you just take these the witness accounts as they are, where you have the child that falls down and then the child is has the diaper changed, is put in the, in the crib... Okay, and the child is breathing at that point. Could that have happened? Sure. Okay, the uh, the mother looks in and sees that the child looks fine, um, and then she goes and she checks back and sees that the child stopped breathing. Could that have happened? Sure. All kinds of people from all ages can suddenly and unexpectedly stop breathing. And a lot of times you might not even know why they do it. It can happen. Okay. So then they get frantic and they call 911. And uh, they, they get to the hospital, they pronounce him dead. And then you see all these injuries with inadequate blood loss to explain the death. Could that have happened? Yes. How? Well, I just told you pressing up and down, up and down a hundred times a minute mm. on the abdomen can do that. Okay. So, so you, when you see, when you've got a medical expert would say, well, he could have been dead in less than 15 minutes from the blood loss. And you've got the, the prosecutors or somebody else saying 15 minutes to an hour. Do you see that they are barking up the wrong tree? Okay. And that's because they're doing a Sherlock Holmes here. They're reasoning backwards. They're thinking that they can look at autopsy findings and those autopsy findings can tell you the whole story, which they cannot. 
So if you were on the stand for this one and you were looking at the report, you would simply say that you don't believe that this was caused by abuse? What I could say to a reasonable degree of medical certainty is that the witness accounts here are consistent with the outcome and there is no witness account of child abuse. That's what I can say to reasonable certainty. Sure. I, I can't conjure up what happened in the past. Of course. I don't have a crystal ball. I can only compare with what eyewitnesses saw and heard and test them to see if what they're saying makes sense, if what they're saying could have happened, if what they are saying is possible. And you know what? In our court systems, people are afforded a presumption of innocence. Unless it is demonstrated that what they are saying is impossible or could not have happened, you don't presume child abuse on these folks. You presume that they are being truthful because everything that they have said could have led to the autopsy findings as they were. And so really it's up to the courts at that point to presume innocence. This, these folks should, whoever was accused here of child abuse uh, should not have been accused of child abuse. There is no witness account of anything abusive here. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. If you see a child that is injured or has certain autopsy findings, and then you're, you're using your intuition to come up with the, the past events, and those past events are imagined child abuse, that's reasoning backwards. 
but doctors think that they can diagnose child abuse. But one cannot reliably surmise past events from physical evidence. Notice that I don't say past event. Yeah. I say past events. Child abuse is multiple past events where somebody develops an intent to do something harmful to a child and then goes about and does that harmful thing. It's more than one thing. It's like trying to, you know, you can say two plus two equals blank. Well, the blank is, is consistent with four and it's not consistent with five. Okay. But you can't solve blank plus blank equals four. But you can solve blank plus two equals four because that's only one plausible explanation. Now, you may not have seen the child hit the ground after he's thrown off the bridge. Okay. But you saw everything right up to that point and you saw the results. That's good circumstantial evidence. Okay. But the word, the diagnosis of child abuse can never be circumstantial evidence because it's more than one thing. It's like trying to solve blank plus blank equals four. So that's why I say false abuse is diagnosed by doctors. And, and the scary thing is obviously doctors are intelligent people who, who study for a long time and people listen to what they say and um, take their word as gospel. Exactly right. Okay, but I have horrible news for you. Uh, doctors may know a lot about anatomy. They may know a lot about physiology. They may know a lot about pathology. They may know a lot about, you know, the best kinds of antibiotics to use for certain things. But doctors, for the most part, lack critical thinking skills, especially forensic doctors. Now, if you're, if you're doing, dealing with a patient in the present and you've got a patient that comes in with signs and symptoms, well, you can, you can um, come, you know, float a diagnosis and then test that diagnosis with other tests and maybe even give treatment to see if the condition gets better. You can do all that in the present. But what do you do when you're talking about events that occurred in the past? You can't test past events through a diagnosis because the past events no longer exist in the present. Yeah. They're in the past. The only people who know what happened in the past are those who saw what happened. Okay? Yeah. You take a look at history. History are the accounts of eyewitnesses too numerous to count who've lived through things like the Holocaust. Okay? And World War I and World War II, they've written it all down. These are all eyewitness accounts. If somebody wasn't there to see what happened, you don't know what happened. In this particular case, and which is frequently the case with small children, there's always somebody around that sees what happens to a small child. The only problem here is that these people are not believed. Somehow doctors are arrogant enough to uh, think that they can, using their intuition, come up with child abuse and be able to point to people and say that they're liars when the doctors were not there to see what happened. This is what you call arrogance. Now, Sherlock Holmes, he's arrogant. Well, the thing is, it's part of the con because the original Sherlock Holmes, a guy named Dr. Joseph Bell, who formed the inspiration 
for Sherlock Holmes, including Arthur Conan Doyle, who, by the way, is a, was a physician. All right, this just shows you how sordid this whole thing is. Okay, Joe Bell would bring patients in from his clinic and sit them down and tell the students in a very, very droll way, and in a very arrogant way, because the guy thought he was amazing, right? He said, well, I can tell that this man lives uh, south of a certain uh, river in northern England, and he's a church bell ringer. The patient there is astonished. And he looks at Joe Bell and he says, how did you know that? And Joe Bell dismisses the man. He says, well, you know, this is all quite elementary. It's like two plus two equals four. You could tell from the lilt in his accent that he is from a, a certain river, south of a certain river. And also, I noticed he had calluses on his hands. So if you put the whole thing together, it means that he's a bell ringer at this particular church. And the students just all bought into this. But the funny thing about it is, is since, since this is a clinic patient, there are medical records that have all this information in there, including where a person lives and what they do as an occupation. It's in the medical records. <laughs> but the students didn't realize this. No. They were conned. Oh, my God. Okay. Well, the thing is, part of the con here is for doctors to get up on the witness stand and to be, you know, to talk about all their credentials and their education and how many papers they've written and how they do all this stuff and how they're just so smart. And then they come up with stuff like child abuse. And the jurors, they, they, they sit there and they think, wow, I've got a brilliant Sherlock Holmes kind of person here. And of course, they've read Sherlock Holmes and they've read detective fiction, and they know that people like Sherlock Holmes and Hercule Poirot must exist in real life because they certainly do in detective fiction. Let's play something different. Let's do deductions. Client left this while I was out. What do you reckon? This is a chulo, the classic headgear of the Andes is made of alpaca. No, no. Icelandic sheep wool, similar but very distinctive if you know what you're looking for. The bobble on the left side has been badly chewed, which shows he's a man of a nervous disposition. But, but also a creature of habit because he hasn't chewed the bobble on the right. Precisely. A brief sniff of the offending bobble tells us everything we need to know about the state of his breath. Really elementary. It's a con. It's terrifying, Doctor. It's terrifying. <laughs> yeah, I know. And, and the thing that is very, very horrible and frustrating about the whole thing is that our legal systems in Australia and the United States and anywhere in the world you might talk about make the same foolish mistakes over and over again. I think you would be horrified to know how many people are currently in our prison systems who do not belong there. The job that I do now with interviewing these men and women, I mean, you know, it's just some of the cases I'm looking at are just, I mean, it's incredible. Hey, I would dare say in most of those cases that you're talking about, you're going to see the Sherlock effect written all over it. You know, whether perpetrated by doctors or by police officers. You know, police officers, they get certain theories in their head. They get certain ideas. And then they go and they get a confession out of somebody. Hey, you know what a confession is, right? Yeah, well, this is exactly what happens it's to this just, gentleman. It, it, the, the police officers say, you did that, didn't you? And if at a certain point, the person being interrogated figures that it is in his best interest to agree with the police officer, then what does he do? He confesses. Okay, I dare say you look at all those cases that you're doing this, you're going to see the Sherlock effect all over it. Reasoning backwards, 
Okay, whether it's police officers developing theories or prosecutors developing theories, the word theory means a belief, a complex belief. And there's a case by a guy called Kenneth Clare who would live next door to this house. He was just been released from prison uh, a week prior to his next-door neighbour being killed in their house. Uh, there was no evidence to put him there apart from he was their next-door neighbour and they surmised that because uh, he was out of prison a week ago, it must have been him and that was it. <laughs> yeah. There's also something that's interesting about past events. Past events uh, unfold from split second to split second. They are entirely dependent on the event that just occurred a split second before. And any deviation in any one of those events will take everything in a completely different direction. Right? Consider what it would be like to guess a computer password. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, where you've got to get the first character correct. Then you have to get this, both the first and the second character correct. Because you could get the second correct character correct, but if the first one is incorrect, it won't work. Right? Yep. Every strike is dependent on the strike that happened before. So if you get, let's say, a computer password that has eight characters in it, how likely is it that you're going to be able to guess that computer password? Well, probably more chance of winning the lottery, I would imagine. Well, I'll tell you, when it comes to past events, you, it, it gets to the point where it is so ridiculous. The odds of you being able to take to, to uh, correctly surmise something that is occurring over split seconds, over several hours. Okay, now I don't know how many hours were involved in this particular case, but being able to correctly guess and have it perfectly spliced in with what happened before and then what happened afterwards. Okay, it, it's obscenely ridiculous. Yeah. Trying to surmise past events is an activity that is futile. It doesn't work. It can't work. On the other hand, if somebody comes up with a witness account and everything works perfectly, a person who can do that, if they were lying about it, would have to be smarter than Einstein. Okay? But here you've got common people every day who all they're doing is they, they're telling you what they saw and heard, and they nail the physical evidence. This is a case here where this particular account there that I took there from the end of the autopsy report, the narrative, nails the physical evidence, demonstrating that it could have happened exactly the way they said it did. Okay, now for people who are lying, they'd have to be smarter than Einstein to be able to pull that off making a witness account that is consistent with physical evidence extremely strong. It scares me to think about it, all right? It yeah, does. Yeah. And I've been living with this for years now. I, I see cases all the time. I get sent cases all the time, not that much different than what you've just sent me, all right? I see this all the time. And nobody seems to have figured this out. Well, this is the issue, and, this, and, and it seems like, it, you know, you look at these glaringly obvious problems, but they just seem to just continue on. Like, this is just the way it is. Right. Everybody has taken their cues from detective fiction. Writers of detective fiction, they control everything that is in that narrative, okay? They imagine things, 
and they write the narrative, and then they have a protagonist that they call brilliant, albeit quirky, kind of like Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. And they have this protagonist nailing everything perfectly as if Sherlock Holmes was an eyewitness. All right. But this cannot happen in real life because past events are too complicated. Too many variables. Extremely variable. But it, they can get away with it in detective fiction. But all these police officers and all these doctors, okay, they, they like the idea of being Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, it's an ego thing. They think that this stuff actually works. It's, it's an incredibly fascinating and terrifying subject, um, that's for sure. Absolutely. And, for and, sure. Yeah, I mean, it's just incredible. In the Sherlock effect, I, half of the book is a case. Okay, now the thing is, is that that particular case I properly vetted and made sure that I could produce, present it, all right, because it's part of the public record, and I was even able to get the court transcripts and the whole thing. It's public record. Okay, many of the cases that I could talk to you about are not public record. There are certain kinds of cases that are public record. Now, I'll tell you one of them because it's an Australian case. Ever hear of, ever hear of Lindy Chamberlain? Yes, absolutely. Okay, I mean, that happened on your turf. The prosecution says that here, Lindy Chamberlain cut the throat of her baby and husband Michael helped cover up the homicide. He just might have damaged or mauled the baby. And I ran towards the tent when I was only five yards away from it, perhaps. West. And I looked in a carry basket and she wasn't there. When we saw the spots of blood in the tent, as we looked, we realised it must have been a very quick event. And this morning when we saw in the blanket the sharp, rip, jagged marks in that very thickly woven blanket, we knew that that was a, was a powerful beast. Okay, perfect example of the Sherlock effect. Okay, that whole family went through hell, particularly Lindy Chamberlain. And it was all surmised past events. They got some forensic pathologist in, in uh, England who said that it had, you know, the... The print on the child's nappy had to be a female handprint and and all kinds of nonsense. The court also heard from a London odontologist today, Mr Bernard Sims. He told the court that marks on Azaria Chamberlain's clothing weren't consistent with marks made by a dog or a dingo. Okay. A lot of that is discussed in the Sherlock effect. In fact, when I was younger, that one particular case turned into an inspiration for me as a forensic pathologist. And when I saw what was happening there to the Chamberlain family, and I saw what they were accused of, well, that lit a fire under my rear end, yeah. okay? And uh, this is a case that I have thought about, and I talk about that in The Sherlock Effect. And it happens to be an Australian case. Yeah, and I mean, you know, for, for those who don't know the case, um, Lindy was uh, accused of killing her child, um, she had told authorities that she saw a dingo. They did not believe her. Uh, she ended up being convicted, uh, going to prison. What happened was that there was missing clothing, and uh, there were some climbers there at Ayers Rock, I guess they now call it Uluru, who uh, went into an area that was not accessible to the public, but they were dingo lairs. And they found the child's clothing in the dingle there. 1982, a jury found Lindy Chamberlain guilty of murder. But when Azaria's clothing was later found near Uluru, the conviction was quashed and Lindy Chamberlain was released after serving three years in jail. They've written whole books on this. I've read, um, they even made a, 
a movie pic, uh, a motion picture with Meryl Streep in it. And I mean, it's a very famous case and it's one that uh, back in the 1980s caught my attention. Yeah. And made me think what is wrong with what we're doing here? All right. Because I, I eventually became a forensic pathologist and I discovered that we had all these people with long experience coming up with widely divergent opinions on the same evidence. And I was saying, you know, there's something we're doing wrong here. Yeah. It's something that's wrong. And so I, I worked it out and it, it's the Sherlock effect. I talk about the Lindy Chamberlain case in the book. I talk about the case there with the Terry and Kelly in the, uh, Texas. And uh, I also talk about several other cases that have been reported in the media. They're all in the Sherlock effect. A big thank you to Dr. Young for joining me to discuss this fascinating topic. And again, you can grab a copy of his book, The Sherlock Effect, right now online. Best place is probably Amazon. I'll chuck a link to that in the description of this episode. And hopefully we can get Dr. Young back on to talk about future cases. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.